my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Welcome to the 88 Miles Per Hour Podcast. This is Max, and join with me is... <laughs> you said that all like, hey everybody, this is like, it'd be all natural, be like, hey everyone, this is Max, and I'm recording. <laughs> all right, let's just do it again. Ready? Go. <laughs> Give it a shot. Just Come on. you energetic. And... Yeah, man, just be yourself. All right. Hey everybody, it's the 88 Miles Per Hour Podcast. This is Max, and join with me is... And it's Sanch, everybody. How you all doing? Welcome to another episode. This is... Ep- oh, I don't even know. What episode is this? What was the last one? Damn it. How come I... Ah, Christ. I never, like, like look up... Uh, 31? Is it? I don't know. This is only my second one, man. Oh. This falls on you. I don't see that. <laughs> I never look it up. Like, me and Renata always... You know, per hour podcast. 88 miles per hour podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're off to a great start so far. I know. <laughs> Half the people just turned it off already. I know. Oh, here we go. All right. Hey, ooh, wow. This is episode 30. It is. Close. All right. Cool. Hey, everyone. This is episode 30 of 88 miles per hour podcast. We have a great show for you in store right now. So all is well. So I thought um, we would uh, give you guys a... Uh, Oh, you know what? I think it's time for the shout-outs. Fans. Alright, let's see. Our first shout-out. Well, you know what? I'm just going to give these shout-outs to the people who are following us. Uh, They're just right there on on our, what you call it, the Podbean page. So let's give a shout-out to Running the Mile Podcast, Geek Speak Live Podcast, Hydrate Level Four podcasts and and then server pod podcast. So yeah, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. What about you? you got any podcasts? I mean, my podcast. Any shout outs? My shout out is this. It is Starship for making this song. Oh my god. Thank you, Starship. That's my shout out. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. All right, well, you know it's it, that's true cheese, but I, I I don't hate it. Like where I'm like, oh, it's so horrible. It is a, a terrible cheese song, but that goes to Walking on Sunshine. I I can't stand that freaking song. It's terrible. Hater. That's a great song. No, it's not. Walking yes. on Sunshine is the worst freaking ah, oh, dude. Like every movie has that stupid song, and it's like I just remember that from, I think it was Lucas talking, right? Yeah, see? Come on, dude. Dude, it is garbage. It's like the worst eight. Uh, seriously, out of all 80 songs, ladies and gentlemen. Try not to dance to this song right now. I'm, I'm jumping out of my seat. I'm not dancing. <laughs> I just want to punch your grandma or something. Oh, God. Katrina and the waves. Gay. 
I was gonna make a joke, but I realized I'm like, I was like, nah. And then instead, I still went in with a horrible joke and just said gay. <laughs> Katrina and the waves. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. It says right here, Walking on Sunshine 2014 film. What is this? Are you serious? Yeah. Hey, I, you know what the soundtrack's going to be? It's going to be this. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like, uh, Walking on Sunshine. Bam, it's the title. And then... <laughs> it should be filmed like like it's in the 80s though alright look it says right here the musical movie event of the summer featuring <laughs> the greatest hits of the 80s walking on sunshine how did we not perfect hear about perfect pitch this? meets mamma mia oh god what is this alright let's find a trailer What what is this alright let's see walking on sunshine uh, official trailer I'm sorry ladies and gentlemen I'm just coming across this so you're you're discovering this with us for the first time so let's see Skip ass. This looks terrible. Stupid. Two sisters. Bringing you here was surprise number one. I'm getting married. That is insane. A wedding to remember. I'll drink to that. This is where Taylor fell in love too. Taylor! I can't believe you're back. One boy. Are you playing at the same time as me? No. Oh, I'm just listening to it. We gotta tell her. No. She's my sister. Let's just forget it. Is this a British movie? Yeah. What? What are you doing here? I'm here. This is this is the greatest thing we've given to to England. This is this the inspiration to make this stupid movie. This summer. Oh gosh. Can we make this up? Dude, Leona Lewis is in it. You know that chick? Oh, I know. It is seriously all the cheesy 80s songs, dude. Where's, where's the, your song? Oh, crap. <laughs> Come on, Katrina. Why didn't the waves hit you and drown you? <laughs> this is like basically every song I was playing today in the car is on is in this movie. Walking on sunshine in cinemas this summer. Wait, but I didn't see it because it was in the summer. Maybe it was just in... I don't know. Horrible, horrible. <laughs> All right, well, whatever, people. All right, look. Uh, if you Maybe you like the cheesy 80s. I'm not a fan. You know, I've explained before in the past, when it comes to 80s music, I love um, a lot of the new wave. I, I dig all the great, you know, che- uh, not cheesy, uh, you know, great music. You know, I'm not really a fan of like that. Like, I'm not, you know, Katrina and the waves and freaking... Starship. Yeah, Starship. I love Starship. <laughs> so, yeah. So, all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, today, uh, me and uh, Max here, we hung out. Uh, we went to, for those of you who, who don't know, um, we are based in, La, you know, Los Angeles, California. 
and there's this uh, close by city, and it's and there it's called City of Industry, and they have this thing uh, every Wednesday and and Saturday. It's called Frank and Sons Collectible Show. It's been going on since 1988. So there you go, boom, 80s. Thank you. Show's over. Bye. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Every every um every now and again they have these cool special things going on. Well, me and Max were like, he's like, oh, I want to go to um, Frankenstein. So I was like, all right, cool. He's like, oh, hey, next week there's a big event. There's gonna be all these guys there signing. I'll get to that right now. So I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. You know, we'll go and it'll be dead. We show up and there's like no parking. I was like, what the hell's going on? And we're like, wait a minute. And he's like, I thought the event's next week. I look it up and the event was today. No. Oh. Yeah, and we're like, oh, Christ. So now it's trying to find parking. And it kind of like, I wasn't upset, but it was like that funny upset. Like, ah, damn it, because I could have brought stickers, business cards, like all this stuff just to hand out to people. And, you know, it would have been fun had the crew there to film. But I was like, whatever. But then we start looking at the list and we see Eric Bischoff, you know, uh, I'll just say X-Pac, you know, Big Show, right? That's Kevin Nash? No. No, who's Kevin Nash? Oh, no, that's Diesel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's Yeah, back. Scott Hall was which one was that? Razor one? Ramon. Razor Ramon. Oh, Razor yeah. Ramon. And then okay, Roddy Roddy Piper, of course. You know you guys. He's from freaking the They Live. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Louis Ferrigno. That guy's always there. You know, you had the voice of Skeletor from the he. You know, Masters of the Universe. The voice of Lucy. Charlie Brown. You know, from the Peanuts. You also had the. You know. Sid Hag, you know, you basically had uh, people from, um, what's his, no, the, uh, oh, Devil's yeah, Eat. what's his name, the guy that sings like that, you know, you know, I don't know, White Zombie, I don't know what you're doing, what's this guy, he's, it's, he's directed it's the Wars, movie, it's Devil Wars, yeah, the director, yeah. Rob Zombie, yeah, so you had like the clown there, Sid Hag, yeah. and like you had all those people, you know, but there was one person that stood out like the most to us, for, especially for this show, and we got excited when we saw it. It was Donna Philip. Yeah, is it Phil? Full, full I love. Yeah, it says right there, Donald. Full I love. Full I love. Yeah, but anyways, I don't know, man. We don't. I don't know the actual name, but once I say his character name, you will know. He was Mayor Goody Wilson, and we were like, ah, oh, let's go take a picture with Goody Wilson. You know, and I was hoping he could. You know, maybe we could get him to do a sign by a sound bite, or even like a video. Of being like, you know, idiot miles per hour pocket. Mm, I like the sound of that. Something stupid like that, you know, it would have been cool. And and we were so excited, so we went, we had some fun, you know, we saw some we got some prizes. We're gonna be having a contest, a December contest. Max is gonna come up with an idea. So we have some awesome prizes for you guys, some um actual uh art that was created um by an artist. I, I didn't I don't I don't even have his business card. We'll give him a shout out on the show. We'll take a well, I'll take a good picture of it. But uh there's um with uh freaking mary gordy wilson it just uh it bums me out because the whole time we were there the guy never showed up it's all right don't look for it because it's uh picking up on the oh it's so loud (laughs) it's on all loud um but yeah freaking gordy wilson stood us up the guy wasn't even there it's a shame man i was ready i was ready to meet him I wasn't ready to pay thirty bucks to to, meet, to shake his hand, but <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the the Dream Warriors were there. Yeah, I was about to say the Dream Warriors were there, like all of them, all yeah. of them. And there were there were thirty no twenty bucks to meet all of them, and I was just like, or not no, all each, of them, each, each of individual. Them. That's what yeah, 
I'm like, just to take a picture. I'm like, I get you were like, Regan, you fought Freddy Krueger, but come on, I'm not going to pay you 20 bucks. I'm like, I, I mean, and it kind of sucks because there was, um, I guess the black guy was there. He's like the big buff one from the Dream Warriors, right? He was the yeah. buff one. And um, it, like no one was at his table and I felt bad for him, you know? I was like, poor guy. I mean, Robert England wasn't even there. He, he Patricia was, Arquette wasn't there. Like all the people you'd want to see. Yeah. Uh, Heather Langenkamp, like the one that plays Nancy. Not there, hmm. but the Dream Warriors were there. Hey, <laughs> hey, what about oh, what about the nerdy guy? Remember, he's like a D and D nerd or something. Remember? Oh yeah, he. Uh, what's his face? What's his name? Will, right? Yeah, he wasn't yeah. even there. No, but he has been at Freaking Sons before. I've seen him. There. Yeah, and the guy with that loved the puppets. He actually uh, was there too. Yeah, the the one that had like the ripped off. I think yeah. that was the scariest scene out of all the Freddy Krueger movies. Was that was those little marionette puppets when they came to life? Right. That scared the hell out of me as a kid. So it that looked, was freaking scary. It looked like Spider Man. He was all attached. <laughs> yeah, he was. It was. It was kind of like he kept shooting webs, you know. And but in all, I was I was pissed off. Like, look, I look, Mar- you know, Gordy Wilson. You know, I I'm, I'm just gonna call you by your character name. Look, I get you have to you know be with your constituents and you know and handle and you know watch over the city. But come on, I want to say hi to you, take a picture. What you waiting for? You know, I mean, it, it just pisses me off. But uh, the guy wasn't there. Nope. Here, just uh, in tribute to the guy, let's uh, let's do some uh, masterpiece theater with Sench and Max. All right, Max. Oh, uh, you know, I should have given you the page, but it's okay. Uh, you know, it's just be with Sench. <laughs> Next time, I'll have it better prepared. All right, here goes. <clears throat> I thought that was a song, dude. I thought you were like gonna play. Like, I was like, "Bad, we're we gonna have a little theme to this." That's right. your dog. I I it, was, it was a gremlin, but it was a dog. <laughs> so here it goes. Say, why you let those boys push you around like that for? <laughs> well, they're bigger than me. Stand tall, boy. Have some respect for yourself. Don't you know if you let people walk all over you now, they'll be walking over you for the rest of your life. Look at me. You think I'm gonna spend the rest of my life in this slop house? Watch it, Cody. No, sir. I'm going to make something of myself. I'm going to night school, and one day, I'm going to be somebody. That's right. He's going to be mayor. Yeah. Hmm. Mayor. Now, that's a good idea. I could run for mayor. A colored mayor. That would be the day. You wait and see, Mr. Crothers. I will be mayor. I'll be the most powerful man in Hill Valley. I'm going to clean up this town. Good. You can start by sweeping the floor. Mayor Cody Wilson. I like the sound of that. There you go. And scene. <laughs> Slow clap. <laughs> Slow clap. That was impressive. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm bummed out that he wasn't there. Freaking. You should have, you know, recited that whole thing to him, and you probably would have gotten tackled by security. You would have got freaked out. Security for him? Oh well, yeah, because he's mayor, dude. Like, yeah, but if you would have done that whole scene, it would have been really creepy. I think I would have recorded it the whole time. <laughs> and then and once I'm done, I do it over. Yeah, I just over and over. <laughs> over and over. And then he's just like, oh, he's like, all right, what's he doing? And then like for five hours, the whole time he's there, I'm still doing it. That would be awesome. But it was cool because the DeLorean was there. It was there. They had a, a, a cool uh, DeLorean there. There's there's a few cosplay. It's nothing big, but it's like a mini Comic Con. So it was a fun event. I know we'll be going back there. Uh, what sucks is like they usually list people on the actual site. But they won't list everybody, so... Um, oh, actually, it does. I, I never read the actual writing, but it says, Meet the stars from a Nightmare on Elm Street and the people under the stairs. So, they actually did list some stuff. Oh, well, we're actually going to be there pretty soon, come December. Uh, 
88 Miles Per Hour podcast and Brothers Bear podcast will be there. December 6th. Yes, December 6th. Let's see if I can find it really quickly. December 6th. Yeah, Disney Voice Actor Show. So here you go. For you fans that are loco. uh, Loco? (laughs) I think all of our fans are loco. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but for those of you who are loco, um, are loco, you could either go to frankensonshow.net or uh, if you are close to the city of industry, you could go out to Frankensons. I'm not going to give the address on you. Just just look up frankensonsshow.net. Look that up on December 6th. We'll be there from 11. It's going to be 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. So the show is that time. They're going to have the voice of Jack Skellington, the voice of Oogie Boogie, the voice of uh, Belle, Gaston. Gaston. Yeah, uh, the, actually the little girl who is in... Puppins, uh, the voice of Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid, and the original voice of Charlie Brown. And there's probably they're gonna have more people there. So it's a, a big old voice actor show. I wish Joe DiMaggio would be there. He's the guy that does the voice of Bender and like you know from I don't remember the dog's name from Adventure Time. I don't watch it. Yeah, I, I, I used to watch maybe one a few episodes in the beginning. Thought it was cool, then it got popular. And I'm like, yeah, this show's alright. Um, so yeah, so we'll be there handing out stickers. So if you want some stickers and you're local to the area, come out and say hello. All right, here we go. So, uh, where are we on time actually? Huh, we're, damn, we're still pretty good. All right, um, I don't know if you want to do your video game, something video game? I didn't have anything planned. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going <laughs> to let me see. Let me see. <laughs> I was playing this one game. Let me, let me just. I just don't know what year it came out. Oh, Bubble Bobble. Oh, dude, Bubble Bobble. Yeah, it oh, came out dude. in '86. Ooh, okay. Tyson. Let's talk about that game. Okay. Oh man, I love. Okay, you go first because I'm gonna all look right. up. Okay, I'll just. You're gonna edit all this after. Or? Yeah, okay. I mean, we, it doesn't really matter. We didn't really stop. It's okay. okay. People like hearing our stupidness. <laughs> Because we're so prepared here at 88. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, we're going to start introducing this, you know, kind of segment where I introduce, it's primarily going to be uh, Nintendo games since it's going to be the 80s. There might be a little Atari thrown in there. But um, this week I've been playing Bubble Bobble, which is by Taito. And Taito's made a lot of um, awesome games. In fact, Taito was... Uh, made a lot of the games that came like later on in the NES library, and now those games are like worth uh, hundreds of hundreds of dollars. They're the ones that made like the Flintstones, uh, Little Samson. So Taito is actually an awesome um, video game publisher. But anyways, Bubble Bubble was 1986, and this game is pretty iconic. So there's like little dragons, and it's got kind of a Pac-Man feel to it. But what you do is you're this uh, little dragon. And it's so cute and cuddly, and you just want to, I don't know, share a bubble with it. That's kind of weird. But anyways, so uh, you just, uh, you have a bubble, and you shoot at enemies, and enemies try to trap you. And the layout is similar to uh, Super Mario Brothers when you are playing the, like, one of the original ones when it's like Luigi and Mario, and you're trying to bump each other and trying to lose lives and stuff. Um, but this one is Bubble Bobble, and you shoot the bubbles... And then you capture the um, the enemies that try to hit you, and then they float up. And then if you hit them again the second time, they turn into a fruit. 
and then from that fruit, you get points. So you only have three hits, and the game is super addictive. It's an arcade style. Um, it's a lot of fun. They've had different um, variations of it. I think the first one I played was on uh, PlayStation, and uh, it was like a split screen, and it was similar to um, the Dazzled or something. You just shoot the bubbles and try to pop it. But uh, have you played Bubble Wobble? Dude, I, I, I have a story about this game, so... If, if you're, I mean, Dude, if you're not done, I, then I, I'm done. Okay, cool. Uh, Bubble Bobble. Honestly, this holds a huge history for me and my older brother and my cousins, and actually my aunts. See, what we used to do. Um, there's family that moved here in La Puente back in I think '88 uh, because it was a year after us. We moved here in '87. They moved out here in '88, and we used to go over their house almost like every weekend, and we would sleep over. And we had, like, I don't know what it was, but my, my cousin had this game, Bubble Bobble. And we played this game for hours. Super addictive. Oh, hell yeah. And what was cool about it is that we did two players. So the moment someone died, like, completely game over on their end, someone new came in. So you would have to switch it. And you would keep playing. And, man, I mean, we would play. And then what I loved is, is the music. Yeah, the music's it's iconic. Just, it's, a, it's repetitive over and over. But it, but not repetitive where... It's bad. Yeah. I mean, m a lot of licensed games like Beetlejuice we talked about last week, one of the worst music ever because this is repetitive. This is actually a good... It, it's Taito made really good games. Really yeah. good games. See, th and th this is a... Like, it's it's actually... It does get pretty hard. What was, what was hard... What was worst was that because, you know, games couldn't handle the... The processing power, so sometimes there would be so much mm -hmm. clutter on the screen of, like, villains, bubbles, you know, fruits, the dragons, that it would slow down the gameplay. But, I mean, it was fun because like, we would always be playing two players, and it would go to level 100, but... There was the level right before. There was this little, like, it looked like a book, or I can't 100% remember, but if you grabbed it, you automatically played, like, a separate set of 100 levels. Yeah. Like, it was freaking awesome, and you could keep playing. And, yeah, that's what we would do. We would play this all the time, and and I remember whenever the shoe would be, we wouldn't say the shoe. We would say it in Spanish, like, hey, zapato, zapato, get the zapato. <laughs> and we would get mad, because sometimes we'd be like, oh, it's mine, it's mine, I'll get it. Because we would have to sometimes call stuff, like, because right, right. we were trying to help, because we wanted to pass yeah, the it's, game. Yeah, it's a two-player game, which was, you know, it's one yeah. of the good two-player games on the NES. And, like, what, what the thing was, it's that if you die, like, say say there's two players, and once you die, you could steal the life from the other player. Yep. But what we would do is we would make sure don't steal the life. Like, then that person keeps going, and then once they both die, and you could continue. That was what mm -hmm. was cool about this game. You had the option of continuing. Yeah. So we would continue, and we would keep playing. My All my cousins would play, you know, me, my older brother. Carlos wasn't born yet. Um... He, he came the following year. But we continued playing until then. Uh, my aunts would play too. Like, it, it, we would just play all the time. And yeah, like the song. Like, I'm, I've been playing. I have the gameplay playing in the background. That's why you hear stuff. And, and it's the song over and over. But we never got tired of the game. And whenever I hear this theme, it takes me back to that moment when I was sitting there on the NES playing this game. And it, it's, it's honestly like, there has yet to be... Uh, honestly, a game that's been like this wow. in in our next gen has there nothing even come close to this level of gameplay, 
fun. That's two players that you just play in a game like this. It's just, it's really different. I mean, this is just, this is an iconic arcade game. And it's just a lot of fun. Like, it was, it was simple, but it was really addictive. And um, the gameplay just, it was, it was just a fun game. Yeah. What I hated though, there was like when you took too long to pass the the level, uh, like a white whale would come. You go dun 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 dun, and then the music dun 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 dun, and uh, then you had to hurry up because yeah. he would. He's coming straight for you, and he'll kill you. It's Moby Dick, man. It's gonna come right. It at was. You. It was like a Moby Dick. Yeah. And and if you didn't get him right away, like I mean, if you didn't kill all the enemies and he killed you, then the the level would just go back to normal. But that was one thing. Like, I mean, it was cool. They had like secret stuff. They have amulets. They had like, uh, like books little candies. Like, yeah. yeah, books, crowns. Yeah, like they had all this stuff. Like, um, they had like little lightning bolts inside uh-huh. bubbles, yep. so you could like shoot them. Because it was almost almost like a puzzle sometimes to get like certain villains. Like you couldn't kill them yourself, so there would be bubbles and you would pop. I don't know. Right. All in all, people, if you can look this game up and and here. A lot. It, 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 what sucks is something came out with these characters that I feel took away from uh, Bobble Bobble, and it was Puzzle Bobble. Though that I think that was the one I was talking about. What? Wait, what's this? Did that one come out for? Puzzle uh, Bobble. Puzzle Bobble came out on 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 like the arcades, and then they just started releasing it like on PS One or I think that was two. the one I played. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that what you you were talking about? Yeah. Earlier? Yeah. Really? No, not not the original one, but the one I was talking about, the PlayStation One. I think I played. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you meant like when you were giving your no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I ran away to go get the no, speaker. No. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's the one I played that too, and and that was yeah. a fun game because it was. It was just like you're shooting a bunch of like circle rubies. Right. But that's what sucks because then. That's what anybody. Whenever you see these dragons, that's all you know who the, where right. they're from was that freaking game. Yeah. So, um, and I just want to add, like, you know, something that I can do, especially talking old vintage games, is right now the vintage gaming is a thing. Like, it's becoming like you know vinyl records where they're collectibles now, and you'll just see some ridiculous prices. And really, if you don't know what it's worth, you could be paying. You know, 50 bucks for, like, Bubble Bobble. It's possible, you know? Yeah. So, what... I'll just give a, a clue. So, if you're if you're looking for it, one, it's pretty rare. Um, so, already, if you see it, like, at a flea market or if you see it at a uh, gaming store, you're probably going to pay notch dollars for that. But uh, it, it is a rare game. The cart by itself, so just the, the actual uh, game, it's 20 bucks around, so... You know, figure around twenty bucks. If it's the cart and manual, around twenty six. But if you have it complete in the box, manuals there, uh, it's in good condition. You're gonna pay around fifty bucks. So twenty, twenty six, fifty. Think about those numbers as you're looking at it, because here at uh, eighty eight miles per hour podcast, we don't want you to get ripped off. No so there's, way. There's a little uh, little insight there. I like that. That's the one thing that we lacked in eighty eight was. We focus heavily on movies and TV shows and cartoons. More so movies that we tend to leave out the video game aspect. So we got Max here and he got, you know, he, he himself goes out searching and collecting. Uh, he just bought a game. It's not 80s, but explain what you just bought. I got Bubsy on Sega. So Bubsy's a... Sega Genesis. Yeah, Sega Genesis. Because um, there is the Master System, Sega. Yeah, so uh, Sega. And then it's... Um, it is a uh, side-scrolling, you know, it's just one of those standard side-scrolling games, but what's cool was I got it for 15 bucks, and I got it complete, so it still has the original, like, you know, p- 
postcards that you could send in for like giveaways and stuff. And uh, I was talking to the guy who sold it to me, and there was like some trading cards in there, which he didn't know where it came from, um, but they were like Bubsy cards with it. So it kind of made it a little more rare, kind of a mystery, because he didn't know whether that was original or not. So, hey, 15 bucks a complete game for, for the Sega Genesis, I'll take it. Why not? Dude? Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Well, you know, hey, I mean, you know, every now and again, Max will be posting some cool insight on uh, video games out there on the 88 wall. Because I know a lot of you are, are and I mean, retro game, gaming is huge. Now, you could buy, like, the whole system with, like, 70 games now. Like, yeah. I see them on, on um, Groupon a lot. I don't know if Groupon is all over the U.S. or not, but, I mean. It, yeah, I, it is. But, Okay. And, like, yeah, or you could go to Urban Outfitters, and they'll sell, like, the Sega Genesis, like, right. it's like a Sega Genesis with, like, 70, 80 games in them. So, yeah. you get all the freaking Super, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. you know. Um, I'm waiting, because, alright, they got the Sega Genesis, you know, they have a Super Nintendo, but it's just a Super Nintendo, but I'm waiting until they build, like, a Nintendo one that has, like, all the Nintendo yeah. games on there. Super Nintendo's my favorite console. Mine, it, mine too. Up to date. So, um, I mean... That could be a whole podcast in itself. Oh, I know. But, uh, no, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm a collector, so I'm going to go old school and actually get the carts and, and try to go out. And, and it's a lot of fun um, going out. It's getting harder now. I, I started my collection right out of high school about um, probably like six six years ago, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, even when I was in high school, and I actually stocked up a lot. Like, I was able to get Final Fantasy three. Uh, on Super Nintendo, I found it at a thrift store for three bucks. Yeah, three bucks, and ladies and gentlemen. It's about sixty to seventy-five bucks now. Just yeah. the cart, the just, cart by itself. Yeah, if you want to buy it complete, forget, forget it, it, dude. Forget it. Yeah, screw that. I'm gonna know. look it up. <laughs> yeah, like you know what? Look it up. Um, yeah, it, it, like for me, like I mean, obviously, I started off with Nintendo, but I I love Super Nintendo because that's where I became to myself the true gamer. Had to be. When, with uh, Link to the Past, you know? So, uh, Final Fantasy 3, the cart's 48, cart and manual 61. If it's complete, it's 107 bucks. And I got it for four, like three ninety nine. Yeah, that's definitely like my kind of moment when I saw that. That was awesome. So. Yeah. Do you remember the, the Game Genie? Oh, yeah. Damn, dude. But couldn't my- get past certain games if you didn't have that. Yeah, like, see, that was what was cool about the Game Genie, that... It's like, it makes me wonder, like, how is that possible? Like, how, like, these games, like, like they were released, but then the Game Genie came out years later. Right. And you were able to, like, just enter codes, and it tweaked the game and allowed you to do stuff. Like, how do they know that would work? Like, see, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, you know, a game development, developer or anything. Like, I would love to talk to someone and, like... If they would know, like, how did that make it possible that it's like, okay, this game came out three years ago, but I don't know, I, I can't do anything, but now I have the Game Genie that came out, yeah, three years ago, and you enter a code, and it'll give me infinitive lives in that game, you know? Like, I remember it was just a booklet. My friend had the Game Genie, and he had a booklet that listed all the freaking games on there, and it was just a list of endless games they're like oh they have a game and then nintendo power like whenever there would be new nintendo games power. yeah they would list the new game genie codes for games that weren't in the book i don't know yeah no it's witchcraft that's yeah. that's the answer it's witchcraft <laughs> all right i know i know it's everybody well, did you do the movie 
Yeah, let's do it because we're already at the half hour mark. Right, Damn, let's do that it. was quick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I know we started off all like, uh, wait, what do we say? And then now, boom, we're in it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll Max introduced us in last week. I'll interest in for this week of our film. This this week's film is, uh, I, I mean, I originally wanted to do this back when me and Renata started the show. We were talking about, like, what movies we could do for Halloween, you know, Halloween films, this and that. And one of the ones I picked was this film. I was like, oh, we got to do this film. And obviously, you know, Halloween didn't work out for me and Renata. Hence the reason why, like, you know, like sometimes Renata's not here and then it's like Max is filling in and stuff like that. So Max became a part of the show because it always became hard with, you know, to record with Renata. So, but, you know, when Max was like, all right, well, well what's the movie you want, we, we should do next? And right away, I was like, I don't care if it's not Halloween time anymore, let's do Lost Boys. And he's like, all right, I'm down. So, this, this week's movie is 1987, directed by Joe Schumacher, Lost Boy. Uh, or Lost Boys. Why did I say Lost Boy? It's not a Lost Boy. <laughs> you might have a boy on your mind or something. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> or maybe it's a, a yellow ranger. Maybe. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell my story. Uh, I t- all right, tell your story. I have to tell my story. All right, okay, tell your story. so at Frankenstein's, okay, this is, you know, I, I bought some comics. I got my Bubsy game, you know, saw Roddy Piper. All awesome. H- hung out with Sanch. Best part was not even all that. The best part was this. All right, so we go to the bathroom. And not we. I'm going to the bathroom, waiting in line to go to the bathroom. And at because it was kind of like a mini con, there was people in cosplay. So at first I walk, and it's a small bathroom. So at first I see you know this this person with long hair in a yellow Power Rangers, like original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So immediately I'm like yellow, long hair. I think it's a girl in the bathroom. And the men's bathroom, so automatically I get confused. I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> so then it's a guy. He turns around, and he's getting, like, his, his outfit on in cosplay. And uh, he turns to the guy a- around him. And this guy is this big machismo, this Mexican dude with a big old beard. And uh, he had a Harley Davidson shirt, uh, tattoos everywhere. He looked like a real tough guy. And uh, so the Power Ranger... Like a biker her, dude? Yeah, totally. So basically someone out of Sons of Anarchy. Yes. All right. But Mexican. Or, 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 or <laughs> one of the guys from the bar in Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, um, so... With the boom! Well, the Power Ranger, <laughs> who I thought was a girl, turns around and goes to this guy and says... Hey, do you mind if you zip me up? Because he couldn't <laughs> zip her. And, you know, just the contrast of the people. And I'm sitting there, and I'm glorifying everything. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. This is awkward. This is weird. I'm loving. I'm taking it in. And just inside, I'm cracking up. And then the biker guy goes, oh, okay. And, like, zips <laughs> him up and, like, just walks away real quick. Freaking <laughs> awesome. That is going to be probably the favorite moment. From now until Christmas. Even if we would have met uh, Goldie Wilson, yeah, it, it was taking yeah, a picture yeah, no. with him, he would have recited the whole lines. It would that it was the, the bathroom awesome. Yellow Ranger would have still been a highlight. It was with awesome the, with the big gangster chortle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna go. Home. I'm, I'm gonna sleep well tonight, knowing that that's in my heart now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so yeah, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Uh, side story by Max from the. You know, all right. So let, let's talk uh, the Lost Boys. Lost Boys, it, it it's 
it's a story about uh, uh, a family that they never really mention what happened to the father. I'm assuming well, they got a divorce. He, they divorced? Yeah. Oh, that, I thought Because the grandpa says to his daughter, he goes, you're the only woman that I know that hasn't, you know, that, I forget the actual words, but he says, basically, you're the only woman that I know that didn't benefit from having a divorce. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, there you go. So, it's a it's a divorced family. They're, they're, they're obviously, they're on tough times because she doesn't have a job, so they move out to... The, the fake city of uh, Santa Carla, California, which Santa Cruz was the actual location used for the filming. But they move out with uh, older brother Michael and younger brother Sam and the mom, who is Lucy. They travel out to visit their their grandfather. And, they you know, they're out there. And then they come across um, some eccentric teenagers dressed all hardcore punker, new wave-ish 80s goth. And yeah, they end up being uh, vampires. And basically, the whole thing is Sam is trying to save. Because in all reality, it's Sam who's trying to save his family. Because Michael's the one that's being turned into a vampire. The mom is just being seduced by the head vampire. She, you know, she's being glamoured. And so Sam is the only one who's like, you know, because grandpa's, you know, out with the widow Miss Johnson, you know, getting his, you know, his. his Johnson on or whatever, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, it, all in all, you know, Sam is there with the Frog Brothers and with the assistant of two guys that he meets at a local comic shop down at the boardwalk, in which that boardwalk is really lively at night, man. <laughs> and, yeah, so, it's a story of all these guys, you know, and the, Michael's turning into a vampire, Sam comes in with the Frog Brothers, saves the day. You know, they fight all the vampires, and, you know, all in all, great film, awesomeness, you know. Dude, we gotta mention who's in this movie. Well, of course. Yeah, so movie. that's why, I mean... I'm just so excited. I the love, plot, love this movie. Yeah, because so. of the plot, it's like, alright, directed by Joel Schumacher. For those of you, if that <laughs> sounds familiar, he directed the worst of the worst when it came to the Batman films. Let's kick some ice! <laughs> Chill. Uh, like, the I can just go on and on. The worst of the Batman movies. So, yeah, so... The nipple Batman. That's yes, nipple called. Batman. Yeah. It's basically, a, a, as Kevin Smith put it, a 90-minute gauger. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was directed by Joel Schumacher, produced by Richard Donner, in which Richard Donner was originally scheduled to direct the film, but instead, with something con- contractual going on and behind the scenes... He ended up having a. Uh, he went and directed *Lethal Weapon*. So then he found Joe Schumacher. The thing was, is that with this movie, oh well, you know, let me just finish act, uh, going down the list. It stars obviously the 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 Corys. You have Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, first time on screen together. And after that, they would go on to do *License to Drive*. Dream of two Corys. Yeah, the two Corys. Because we've already did *License to Drive*, so you could hear that episode. You know. Um, you also had Jason Patrick, Kiefer Sutherland, Diane Way, oh West, oh Weast, ah Christ, Weast, Weast. Um, you also had Edward Herman, huh? Edward Herman, yeah, Weast. Edward Herman. Oh, and we had one half of Bill and Ted. Wee 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 wee. Huh? Oh, <laughs> that's a weak guitar, dude. I, <laughs> what was that, y'all? Wee 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 wee. <laughs> 
only half. It's only half of it, so it couldn't be the full on. Yeah. But even then, if it's just um, one guy wailing, it's still like. I'm gonna take. Can I take I that back? Can you not add this in? I guess. Dude. I don't know. No, you can. Add it. Well, Alex Winter yeah. was the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think we did back uh, Bill and Ted already, but I don't know. Did we do Bill and Ted? Wee, 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 but that would have been all right. So yeah, so there you have it. Okay, you know what? I, I I've talked some. Go for it. Jump in. All right. So something that I want to start doing for uh, these movie reviews is having my top five useless but interesting facts. Can nice. we do it? All right. So let's, let's do, do this. It. All right. So. And then I'll give you my, like, kind of thoughts. But I just want to get this out of the way. Yeah, the facts. So, okay. So... The facts my, with Max. The, the first one <laughs> is both Corey Feldman, and who plays Edward Frog, and Bernard Hughes, who plays Grandpa, share the same birthday, July 16th. Ooh. Yeah. That is easy. You share that at a, <laughs> at a cocktail party, you know? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine I'm at a party, like, all like, just like, hey, you know, uh, Corey Heyman, the grandpa from, uh, Lost Boys, like, yeah, they share the same birthday. They're yeah. Like, what? Okay. Right. <laughs> but what's awesome is probably nobody's even talking about, you know, Lost, Lost Boys, Boys or anything. Yeah. They're like, uh, 24. Oh, 24, Keith or Sutherland. It's Keith or Sutherland also, you know. Anyways, they're like, so, oh, man, have you heard about this ISIS <laughs> that's going on, man? These guys are, these terrorists. I'm like, yeah, you know what, um, Corey, Corey, yeah. you know, Feldman. Oh, Corey. oh, ISIS. Uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger did a bunch of ice, you know, puns, and he was in a movie, and then he That's directed by Joe Schumacher, who directed yeah. Lost Boys, who starred, you know, an old guy that played Grandpa, and who was exactly. it? Corey Hamer called me before. This, this is how you get uninvited to the next <laughs> Anyways, okay, so hey, the next you know fact, the next know. fact is the movie, as Sanch, uh, lovely, uh, put it lovely, was filmed in Santa Cruz, which I've actually been in Santa Cruz. Super cool, kind of hippie. Is the boardwalk still there? Yeah, it's kind of run down ish, but it's mm. it's still cool. I mean, it's still like it's still the same. It is the so. is the. Oh wait, no, no, no. Go on. Keep Anyways, going. so um, in Spanish, Santa Cruz means Holy Cross, oh. which is an interesting Holy. connection, given that this is a vampire movie. Huh? Yeah. All right, so. Here, here's my third one. The characters in this movie say the name Michael. 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 118 times. Damn. Yeah. That's that's worth putting in your brain for long term. And it's like, you know how like they do that with like, for instance, like Scarface, they have like how many times he right. said the F word. Like there's a bunch of movies that do that. Like they how, how many times they say certain words. counted Michael. Yeah. <laughs> which, which poor soul was this with a notepad and like writing it down and they do say it a lot so, yeah I mean you hear like the guys go Michael you know Michael you know Michael you Mike know. Michael you know yeah. so with they you to Mike. mom yeah alright Here, here's an this is actually kind of interesting so Keith Sutherland who plays uh, David who's kind of like the main vampire guy um he wears gloves in the movie because during um the behind the scenes during you know when he wasn't on on screen, they have dirt bikes, and he fell off the bikes, and he broke his arm. So because they had to uh, cover up his cast, he wore gloves. Oh, nice. I, you know, there's a lot of movies that have done that. Yeah. Um, most famously, the most people know, because they actually show it, is Rumble in the Bronx, where right. he jumps off, hurts his ankle, and he has, like, the spray-painted, like, 
sock over his cast. You know, and that's cool. I, uh, honestly, I cannot think of other movies right now. I know we did one. We talked about a certain movie where they were covered. Well, actually, um, Terminator 1. Terminator 1? Yeah, she screws up her ankle and she like can barely walk. And most of the movie is walking or running. She's yeah. running from, you know, the Terminator. So uh, they actually had to do most of the, the running scenes at the very end because she screwed up her ankle, like, I think, like, the first month of filming. Yeah. Like and sometimes they do stuff like that to hide it. Like, when we did Popeye, we talked about it, that they weren't ready with his, his prosthetic, those, like, for his arms. So that's why in the beginning of the movie, he has this big old trench coat because mm. his arms aren't ready for the... So when you're watching it, it's because they're, they're purposely doing it to hide it. Yeah, so, so there's always movies like that. Um... Uh, with the Lost Boys, I mean, all in all, like this movie is. Oh, dude, I got one more fact. Oh, okay, go for it. I didn't last know. Last one, last one, last one. This is interesting. You'll probably want to uh, tag along this. So originally, when this movie was first written, um, they wanted to have a Goonie type, like fifth and sixth grade kid vampires. Yeah. And with the Frog Brothers being like chubby eight year old Cub Scouts, <laughs> and then Star, who's the love interest of Michael was actually going to be a boy instead of a love interest. And then uh, the reason why they kind of changed this was because Joel Schumacher hated the idea and told the producers he would only sign on if he could make them teenagers so that they could be sexier and more interesting. See, and with that, it's like... the See, the reason why... You could all, like, take this all... Like, it, it all harkens back to Goonies. Because, see, with Goonies... Richard Donner directed it. Mm-hmm. It was Steven Spielberg produced, but but he it was it was a story by Spielberg. So he got and he got Richard Donner to direct it. So since since Goonies was a massive hit in '85, they felt like he fit best for the role to direct another movie with a bunch of kids, you know. And it was gonna be basically almost like the Goonies. And in all reality, even though like all right, I guess Schumacher when when he came on board because like I said earlier. Uh, Donner couldn't direct. He ended up directing Lethal Weapon, in which that movie ended up being huge. Lethal Weapon with Mal Gibson. He was just like, you know, Danny Glover. I'm too old for this. You know? You should do that movie. Oh, yeah. For, of course. It's a great action movie. But it left Joe Schumacher. Joe Schumacher, of course, comes in. And, you know, he's like, I don't want to do a kid's movie. I want to make him sexy. If you watch the DVD extras, he has an interview and he starts talking about it. Like, he thought, like, it would be better if we made him teenagers, made him, like, more, like, sexy, you know? And, I mean, it, it worked. It honestly worked. But I would have loved to see the original idea behind the movie. I mean, it, it's kind of cool. Like, and it, you have kids who are vampires. And then you have, like, the the ones who fight, the who help fight. Are Cub Scouts. Like, you would think out of all of them, the most wisest ones to fight them are Cub Scouts. Like, I would love to still see this movie get made one day. And it will never happen, but it would still be nice to see, you know, uh, uh, the Lost Boys the way they intended to make it. And the Lost Boys all comes from Peter Pan. This whole movie, especially the original script, everything came from Peter Pan. Like, all the characters were named after the characters from Peter Pan. The mom's name was Wendy. Like, Nanook. Huh? Nanook the dog is supposed to be Nana. Yeah, Nana the dog. Um, that's the only thing they kept, really, from the original script, yeah. was uh, Nanook the dog. That was one of the main things. Other than that, a lot of the characters they changed, obviously made them adults. But, I mean, I would love to see this movie. And the thing is, it's like, alright, in this film, you know, like, the, the, the premise is, 
there's a the head vampire the the main head vampire just I get he, and all he's wanting he wants to build a family. That's all he's trying to do. Are you doing spoilers right now? We're we're getting to the point. All I mean right. no, I mean if the movie's freaking eighty seven, <laughs> you know. Spoil if you haven't it, watched it by now. Uh, yeah, the, we step up we game. spoil it, but <laughs> and, and, and more it's love for the film, right. you know. Um, you know, but he's trying to he's all he's trying to do is build a family. He, that's all he wants to do. So he feels that if he can get Michael and Sam. The mom will automatically come together, and it would, you know, it's one of my favorite lines from the movies. I mean, there's a there's a good amount of uh, like one liners, but oh, this yeah. is one of my favorites where he's like, when he's like, you know, if I knew I could get, you know, Michael and Sam, you know, I knew you would on come along. He's like, my boys and your boys, like you know, like one big happy family. And he's like, he's like, great, the blood sucking Brady Bunch, you know. And that, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a funny line. Growing up as a kid, I thought that was hilarious. I was like, oh, it's a great line. You know, and that's all he wants to do. But since Michael hasn't killed, in which this movie, uh, there's a lot of crap that doesn't make sense. You know, um, how the hell does Michael, oh, how does anybody turn into a vampire just by drinking blood? There's a lot of folklore. They, they, the mythology is not. They mess with, I mean, they're like, they have the holy water. That's not its strongest point. But yeah, garlic like, doesn't affect them. You know, garlic like, don't work. <laughs> there's like a bunch of stuff that, like, you know, they just throw in there, and it, it kind of just. It, it, yeah, it's it, it's fun. There's I know. a lot to kill them with. You can stab them. You can throw holy water on them. You know, it's like in in the Lost Boy mythology, like you can yeah. probably throw jam at them. And <laughs> yeah, because like that's the thing is like. How is it that Michael's turning into a vampire just because he's hanging out with them and drinking blood? Like, that makes no sense. Like, why would he turn into a vampire just by drinking blood? Because when they come over, he's like, here, drink it. And then that's when Star's like, don't drink it, Michael. It's blood. He's like, yeah, right. Because they already F with them so much with the rice being maggots, the noodles being worms, you know, all this and that. So the last time, they're like, don't, it's blood. And he's like, hey, yeah, blood. And he drinks it. Like, why would that, unless that is, but... Then again, in the end of the movie, right before he he's gonna, he's like, Michael, stop fighting me, you know, join us, and he's like, my blood's already in you. So, was David drinking his own blood in that bottle? I I thought of the exact same thing. It doesn't make sense because it should be uh, Max's character. That should his blood be since he's the main vampire. But then, yeah, that well, that whole scene doesn't make sense. Yeah, but then again, it's like, why would? How would? Vampire, like, it doesn't make... I don't know. I don't get it. Because it's just like, the vampire blood, like, you're drinking... Fuses with your blood, and I don't know. I guess, but why would they be drinking their own blood? It does nothing for them. I, I mean, that's why. They're trying to create a new mythology here. It, it To me, it does... Honestly, it does not make any sense, but... I mean, all, oh well. But all I know is that Michael, until he kills... Does not turn into a, a full vampire, so he's a half vampire. What I will say is, they take the whole vampire genre and they really make it their own. Um, I know that is kind of flawed, but um, I mean, you got to think about before this was going on. You know, this is before Twilight. There was no twinkly, you know, vampires or anything like that. There was no Edward. This was 1987. So at the time, we have, of course, the Bela Lugosi. Um, from the 1931 Dracula, we have uh, the Hammer films with Christopher Lee as uh, Dracula. So, really, being a vampire was really morbid, was very uh, depressing because they were supposed to live this life alone and they can never die. And they had this this hunger and this thirst for blood. But really, 
The Lost Boys put a twist on it and made it awesome. They actually made it, like, glorify being a vampire. Like, hey, you can never die. You can't really get hurt. You can go out and, and seduce women and, and kind of live it up. You know, and, and especially, I think that's that was one of the, the great things about Schumacher making it, um, having it teenagers, was they had this, like, grand life, you know? And they're just hanging out, and it's it's just like, you know, we talked about it before, the Peter Pan thing. But I think that's where the movie uh, totally succeeds and makes it memorable, was the twist that they put on vampires. It made yeah. it, like, cool. Well, their tagline really helps the most. Because in, on the poster, it says... Sleep all day, party all night, never grow old, never die. It's fun to be a vampire. Yep. And and their poster is iconic. It's an iconic freaking poster. They're all black and white on a rack, a black, I mean, not Christ, a red background. Like, I mean, background. What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> but, I mean, it's a, an iconic poster. I've actually seen one with Peter Pan and the Lost Boys and Wendy. It looks oh, freaking cool. awesome. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, um... Like I said, this movie it does it does put a, a a really like a weirdness to the film. I mean, I like it, but all in all, it's like you know, it's it's a good film. But I guess I, you know, I mean, I'll go down the line uh, of stuff that because I always I, I take notes in movies, and sometimes you know I'll just go down my questions. All right, in the beginning of the movie, you know, when the movie starts, um, and it, it almost has that. That Beetlejuice intro, because with Beetlejuice, it does the Danny Elfman, you hear him, he goes, you know, they do that with this movie, the Warner Brothers logo pops up, and then you hear the, you know, yeah, and then it goes in, and then it, it, it cuts awesome. to the boardwalk, and they're on the, the Ferris wheel, I mean, the, the merry-go-round. And you see the cop, he's like, I thought I told you not to be on there. And then he kicks him out. So at the end, when they're walking... They chase them down. Like, right in the beginning, you just know they're flying. I was like, oh, cool, these these vampires. Because it's an aerial shot. That's the only reason why you know it's flying. Yeah. And he runs, and then he gets to his car. He gets to his car in plenty of time, but he spends a good 40 seconds pulling on the doorknob. What a moron! Like, it, the, even as a kid, it used to bug me, because it's like, why is he trying to open his door without his keys? Like, he's so stupid. Like, that's why he got murdered. Because he freaking... But then again... The, I thought it, he was it, just obese and, you know, just... <laughs> he couldn't run fast enough. No, he ran fast enough because he got to his door. But he kept just pulling on it, pulling on it, pulling on it. But then again, if he would have gotten in his car and locked the door, they would have probably just ripped off the top. Oh, yeah. Because later on in the movie, yeah, like it's exactly what they do. They're in the car and they rip off the top. So the vampires, they're strong enough, you know? Um, also, too... Um, the intro, when they get there, you know, they're they're driving, and then they're like, oh, Santa Carla. And right when Michael turns around and says the, the, the murder capital, capital of the world, and then right there, ding, 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 people are strange. It's like, it's great so freaking cover by Echo and the Bunny Man. Like, that that was just love, love, love it's that. It's a great soundtrack. Oh, hell yeah. I actually have it on vinyl. You do? Yeah, I, it's, I spent about... A year and a half looking for it, and I finally found it. Yeah, I I had it on CD, but I don't know what I did with it. It's it's gone somewhere. I I bought it because I'll get into the soundtrack later, but I don't know what happened to it. Um, also, too, going back to last week's episode about 
fear of zombies and everything. I hated the line when when Sam goes, Grandpa, is it true that Santa Carla is the murder capital of the world? And he goes, put it this way. If all the corpses were to stand up all at once, we'd have one hell of a population problem. Right. That used to scare me, dude. As a kid, hearing that, the whole zombie thing that my fear, all I pictured was like, damn, that's a lot of zombies. <laughs> that used to scare me. Just that line. This movie never scared me, but that stupid line. Um, also, too, come on. We can't go out without bringing up the sexy sax man. Sean Michaels and the alternate warrior. If they, yeah. had, if they had a kid, and then it's like, bam. It's like a saxophone, buff. He's <laughs> got no shirt. He's got a That would be an awesome cosplay. At a- <laughs> oh, dude. If I were buff, seriously, if I were fit and buff. Because he has wrestling pants too. Yeah, yeah, he's all out like he's got chains and a ponytail. Yeah, dude. And I would walk around with the saxophone and be like, "In the king, forty days." Like, that guy? Yeah, not my way. I still believe. That's so I still believe. I love that song. I remember once, dude, long ago, I was driving in in my car and I put on that song and I'll, I I put the soundtrack and then this song comes on. I'm all like rocking out because I like it and then. And then um, I have uh, Allie's in the car with me, and she's all like, w- w-. "It's like, what is this?" And then I'm like, "Oh, it's from the soundtrack, Lost Boy." She's like, "This sucks." <laughs> and then like it just deflated me because I thought she was gonna be like, "Oh, who's this? This is awesome!" And it just made me sad. Well, that song's not good. <laughs> I like it, dude. It's so cheesy, but like good. Like I don't know, I like it with the saxophone and the keyboard. Ding 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 ding. That sounded like a rooster. That guy's awesome. <laughs> we should make we should make eighty miles per hour t-shirts and have that guy on the back. Bad dude. <laughs> yeah, just put that or like have you like me or you superimposed on the guy being like that. Uh, awesome. Let's do it. That's <laughs> I still believe that's happening. Um also too uh in the beginning when the mom is uh, they're all walking the boardwalk. At that scene, that same time, the mom is trying to find a job. She's walking about and she comes across a kid right in front of Max's store. And Max is just watching her the whole time. And she he, he she brings him in. He's like, oh, I'm trying to find the mother. And the mother, oh, where were you? I found you. He's like, oh, don't worry. He was here. And he gives him a lollipop. It always made me wonder, did Max plant that kid? Like, did oh. Max? Because, like, they don't never show that. But did Max glamour the mom to that little boy? So that the mom would wander off, the boy would be... Because he was looking for someone good-natured. Because right. he even said that. It's like, oh, you're very good-natured. And also, too, the way she treated his boys. Because they came in, right. and he looks at him, he's like, I thought I told you not to come in here. And then they leave, and she's like, oh, don't give him a hard time. We were once teenagers. Yeah. He's like, oh. And I'm wondering if he was... Because he was always... You know, that's his right. goal, to find well, that. It would have made more sense if they would have had uh, Laddie... The vampire, the kid vampire, mm. and that was that. Then that would be like genius. So pretty much, we should have written the, the movie. Yeah, and be genius. That would have made more sense yeah. if it was Laddie there, you know. And then later you come to find out, like, oh, that was Laddie. Right. But yeah, because I, I always wondered about that. Um, 
Uh, all right, that that makes sense. Okay, let's see. So I know you mentioned it, but I mean we got to go through one of these one-liners because there's just there's so many good. Ones. Oh yeah, okay. So like couple, co- actually I've watched this like movie so many times, but this last time I watched it, I found um, Sam the funniest, and like just his one lines, like I I guess it just I don't know it it, it spoke to me more, but like when he says Mike. You know what it means when there's no TV? There's no MTV. <laughs> <laughs> totally 80s right there. Or then when they go to uh, Mike's, like, taking Sam and they're going to that bonfire where the, the sexy sax man is. And then he goes, uh, come on. He goes, and Sam goes, I'm at the mercy of your sex glands, bud. Like, you know, just awesome one-liners. And then uh, at the very end, this when... Is the one. Go for it. No, I want to... No, you I'll, probably have it. And then, um, uh, well, I have two. So he goes, uh, don't don't kill me, Mike. I'm basically a good kid. Don't kill me. And then the other ones, we nailed the one that looked like Twisted Sister. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. One. That, that one's because that's the, the one when they're um, they're all the, before Laddie. Yeah. And then he pops yeah. up and they're yeah. like, ah, the attack of Eddie Munster. Yeah. I like that part. Yeah. No, but my favorite from him all, out of all, he he has good one liners. But one of them that I really dig, um, I know I mentioned one earlier, but this one I also dig a lot is when. Uh, he shoots the arrow. He's right. like, you miss, sucker. And then he shoots him, and he goes back. You hear, like, the rock music, right. whatever. I don't know what. And then he goes, whoa, death by stereo. Right. I love that one, yeah, you know. But the, one of the lines I think that was stupid and cheesy, he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, burn rubber does not mean warp speed. I'm like, that's right. stupid, dude. Yeah, like, that was dumb. You almost just killed everybody. <laughs> like, the movie would have ended right there. Like, ah! I don't know. That, um... But yeah, they, they do have some uh, good lines. Uh, I love the that, you know, comics weren't really anything and comics, like showing the comic book store, him being a comic nerd, that was awesome. That's so far two 80s movies that we have done where there's a character who loves comics. The last one was Adventures in Babysitting, the little sister. She was all into Thor. She was a huge Marvel girl. And then you had Sam here who knew a lot about DC. He was going in there. He's like, he's like, all right, you can't have... Superman 500 with or whatever 13 or he's and then no no he's trying to look for Batman number 13 like it's a pretty serious comic and he's like he's like there's only five in existence four in existence I'm trying to find the other three or something right yeah you know um he's like he's like where are you from Krypton you know that's (laughs) the one thing I hate Corey Corey Feldman it's like even though he's trying to have like a tough guy, his like, voice, voice is so stupid. It's he. It stayed like that always. Like he. That's how he talks all the time in movies. That's why he's a bad actor because he always does that voice like that. I don't know, but but like you know in the be- in that scene when they're talking, he's like, "Here, you might need this." Like, I don't. I don't read horror comics. He's like, "Well, you might like this one." You know, he's like, "I don't like horror comics." So I was trying to give given those comics. At that moment, you see these characters right outside. And they grab some comics and take off running. They're like a group of guys and like two girls. And they take off running. And these two guys chase them down. What are you going to do if they catch them? You know, beat them up or what? And, and and you always keep the 50 cent comics by the door. Who cares? Ah, F it. They just took 50 cents. They, they took $2 <laughs> worth of comics. I'm not going to go get my butt kicked over two co- $2. 
You know, where's and my two dollars? Watching the store after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Sam could have planted those guys. He's like, yes, Batman number eighteen, number twenty, and he could have taken off. And then you got freaking John Lennon and Yoko Ono sleeping right there. You know, <laughs> they're not watching the store; they're asleep, and they're there every day. When he goes into the comic the next day, yeah. they're yeah. always there. When they when he calls me, they he's like, ah, oh, help me, my brother, he's a vampire. He's like, all right, uh, does he? You know, is he flying? You know, like, stake him in the heart. And they're right there again. They're sleeping they're always sleeping there it's it's it's, uh it's pretty cool but come on well as a guy you know like it made no sense to me but this was schumacher's intention but as in the movie you're watching it and you question like oh is sam supposed to be gay because when you look at his wall he has a picture of rob lowe half (laughs) shirt on the wall like like all sexy did you notice that yeah yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, why does he have... Even when I was young, I'm like, uh, wouldn't weird. he have, like, girls? Like, I'm assuming, well, maybe he likes boys or whatever. But that was Schumacher because he directed, I think, St. Elmo's Fire. And he, and Rob Lowe was in it. So, that's why he's like, he was just planted. But still, it made Sam, you know. Um, <laughs> also, too, uh, did, was Michael flying? Remember when he's hanging from the train tracks? And yeah. then he falls. Right. Does he fly at that he, moment? I think he has to, right? But why would he fly, though? It's like the first night. See, that, again, doesn't make any freaking sense. You know, and this, how many, I don't know if this happened to you many times growing up, you know, when I was, you know, growing up, living at home, this and that, my parents always making sure I wanted, I was doing chores, this and that, you know, they hated when I would be in bed. And they they would call me and be like, were you sleeping? I'm like, no, I was up. But I'm literally in bed just woke up. And I love that scene because when, when he's like, he's like, Michael, wake up, you know, it's mom. And then he's like, and she asked him, are you still in bed? He's like, nope, I'm up. You know, and, and he's like, he flat out light. And I used to do that all the time. Like, my parents would call me, and I would just be like, you know. Um. You know you know what, you, when you talk about, like, plot, <laughs> like, uh, plot holes and stuff, mm-hmm. is after, so they go in, and they uh, kill, um. Marco? They, no. So, when, when they go in, and they kill, um. The head vampire? No, Alex, Alex Winter's character. Yeah, Marco. So, yeah, you Marco. killed Marco! Right, Marco. I didn't know. I thought you said Michael. No, so, no, no. Marco, they stabbed Marco, and then they they wake up the vampires, but they can't go out because it's daylight. Yeah. Why do they go to the house? They know that the vampires, they know where they were, where Sam they and live. Michael live. Why would they go back to the house? Wouldn't they just let, like, take off somewhere, uh lay low, and then wait for the next day so they can do the exact same thing again since they have to go to sleep because they don't have coffins, so they can't move the coffins. They're in a cave. Like, why would you go back? Yeah. What the hell? You're right. Why would they go back? And they even have the the cliche scene of when when they, they he's like the dog what's the dog's Nanook. name Nanook yeah they, he's like Nanook and he runs out there he's like Sam come back and they go he's like hurry up they're coming and he's like ah oh, they're coming and then Sam falls yeah slips and, but it's terrible like it it's so blatant and he slips and it's like and- why oh man I mean they made it but you're right I never thought of that it's never occurred to me they don't know their whereabouts they've got GPS vampireness <laughs> you know like it, it's like okay. He's like, damn it, we we almost got them. All right, where do we go? Let's go hide over here. Yeah, two hours. They say we have two hours till sunset. So let's go home where they know where we live. Yeah, it's so <laughs> stupid. And then, you know, it's it's funny because when I was a kid, and to this day, I was like, I would never be able to fend off vampires because 
in the movie, they're like, all right, we got to go get holy water. And then it's a funny scene That's where they awesome. go, they go inside movie. and it looks like it's a baptism. It looks like, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a baptism. And then there's like these big, and they pour their canteens in there and they're like looking at them. And then when they run out, he gives them the fist like, yeah, right on, like rock and roll. Yeah. And I always used to think like, I could never do that because any of the ones, any, any of the, uh, the Catholic churches I've been to in my life, there were always little gold bowls. Like there's right. no way, like, and then how the hell is that filling the tub? Mm. That is not enough water to fill mm. it up unless the only logical thing is they filled it with water and then mixed it with holy water. But again, why would the... We're not going to talk about the sequels, are we? Because those are terrible. No, hell no. We're not so, going to... We'll talk about we, the real sequels. He, he becomes, he becomes uh, a priest, doesn't he? And then he, like, blesses his own water. Who? Uh, Corey Feldman's character. He becomes a priest? Edgar, like, uh, an online priest. So that he can bless water. Really? I don't remember that. Have you seen them? I mean, I saw the second one, but I don't even remember it. I don't know. Maybe I'm mistaken. But I think that's Edgar. Edgar does it. Or one of them. Alan or Edgar. I just remember, like, he blesses them. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like, um, with that, like, that's, like, it always made me wonder, like, why when the the vampire was in in the tub, it was plugged. So why would, like, the water all over the house go nuts. It made no like. See, there's a lot of stuff. As much as we love this movie, I, I, we're, this is we're like favorite knocking movies. it. <laughs> oh, you know? it's, it's the, I, I love this movie. And though. then there's a Boba Fett moment moment in this movie. All right, I don't recall. In Return of the Jedi, when Boba Fett's moment to shine, he flies out, gets shot, crashes, and dies. <laughs> Falls into the the Sarlacc pit, right? Like you're like, really? This is his moment, and but that was it. He's still alive, dude. You know, oh yeah, he you know, die. he's coming down in, in, in the seven. But Michael had a, a Boba Fett moment because he's like, he's like, he's like, but I still want you, Lucy. And then she, he shows the face, and everyone like freaks out. He's like, I didn't invite you this time, Max. And he does nothing. He literally just grabs him and throws him up. It's like, really? That was your whole fight scene? Like, I didn't invite you this time, Max. And that's it. He just grabs him and throws him up. Nothing happens. You know, I, I I don't know. It, it's just like there was like a lot of stuff, but there were there were um, awesome moments. The one of my favorite moments in the movie that's just it's not a line or anything, but because it's just cinematically it looks great. It, I know it was an accident because it was probably um, the dry eyes. But there's the scene where after when he's trying to get uh, Sam and they and the, he gets burned. Right, David gets burned, and at that point. What I love is he looks he looks directly at the camera, breaks the fourth wall, looks at the audience, and, the tear. and then the tear, yeah, and that he so just kind of smiles, and that I always like. Ever since, I was like, dude, that is eerie, scary, but perfect. Yeah, like, that was like just a beautiful shot where like it's like a vampire, and is he like is he acknowledging like is he breaking the fourth wall and looking at us, and and like you know like what is that scene like what is he implying in that moment to look at the camera directly and he and he kind of laughs a little bit. And then he has that tear, just that tear, rolled down, like that one tear. And I'm like, dude, that was perfect. That's a freaking perfect shot. And that, that honestly, that's like my favorite shot in the movie is that little thing right there. It's just, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Because it, I know it was unexpected. That tear was not planned. And I think it's because of the, the contact and the, and it just probably, you know, his eyes got watery right there and then boom, just one tear. I don't know. I mean, all in all, it's a, it's a great movie. Uh, but at the end... For years, I've heard people de- debate this stupid thing, and it's not, and I don't know why. In the beginning of the movie, he's like, stay away from the second shelf. That is my shelf. That is all my root beer, and that is all my blah, blah, blah. 
Grandpa gets home. Well, first, why did Grandpa drive through the house? Did he know they were fighting vampires? See, it's like, was he drunk? And he just happened to crash? Like, how did he know to crash to his own house? <laughs> no one told him that they were fighting vampires. I never thought of that. Right? Because he drove through a freaking house. His own house. Imagine they weren't fighting vampires. Like, he just was... right now, just a freaking ha- like car just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's the thing. He drives in and then it explodes and he's kind of like, whoa, what the hell just happened? But did he know? Did Like... How did he know they would be in the living room? How did he know they weren't just standing right in front? Well, he almost kills everybody. He does. That's funny. I never thought of that. That's why that that. scene is like, what was his motive behind that? They don't explain it. They don't be like, like, oh, I know they're in the living room fighting. I'm going to drive through the house. He just does. He was probably drunk. (laughs) I don't know. But then he gets out of the car. He walks to the fridge. And he says that, that awesome line. Right. At the end. The final words. Was that, and he says it, you know, the one thing I couldn't stand about Santa Carla, you know, all the damn vampires. And then they just look at the family all like just after massifying it. And then the door, the light just closes of the fridge and it goes, and it's, but he takes a drink of root beer and people always debated this and he used to drive me crazy for years. They were saying he's a vampire and he was drinking blood. I'm like, that's not blood. That is his root beer. It's not the... And they're like, no, that's the bottle of blood from earlier. And you could tell kind of by the lighting, like, oh, I guess, because it's dark blood. It's dark. But it, but for years, people would argue that and, and, and say it was blood. Uh, and I've never heard that. I No. That's that's a reach. But um, they were planning on doing a sequel, not the terrible ones that they did recently. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Kiefer Sutherland's character, David, he was stabbed, but... Originally, he wasn't supposed to die, and uh, they were going to have the Lost Girls, Yeah, where the, it was going to be girls uh, ran by David, and uh, it would have been interesting. I, I don't I don't remember what happened with production or anything like that, but they have this whole script, and actually, it was um, that scenario where David lives was actually in a, I think, IDW comic book that yeah. came out a few years ago. Yeah, it, it, what it was was that there was a, it was scripted, never shot. It was in the script at the end of the movie that David would be missing. And it cuts to the final scene. It cuts to him going back to the cave. Right. And that's basically where the movie ends. That and cool. it's supposed to be, a, a, it leads up to the sequel where David's still alive. Because like, he's, he's already a full vampire. Right. They don't need the, the, the head vampire anymore. He, it, no matter what, the rule was... Kill the head vampire, all half vampires turn back to life. That's why when the little kid's like, Star! You know, and he runs out and blah, blah, blah. Just half vampires? So Only half vampires, not full. See, because they, so they could, that's how they could have went. And that's what the script was basically implying. That, you know, David's still alive. So then the script, and he was trying to get it made roughly around 1990. And for, for years, but 1990 was around the time frame when he was trying to make it. And he was trying to do the sequel to, to Lost Boys. And, um, I know he ended up doing something else at that time. Um, but yeah, and I remember even the early days of like, or no, it had to be probably the late, the late nineties, late nineties, maybe early two thousand. But I think it was more like the late nineties. I would always get Rolling Stone, and there was an interview with uh, Corey Feldman, and he was talking about that. Yeah, he's just been 
he's been hearing that they've been trying to make the Lost Girls for the longest while, and I remember, oh, bad. That'd be cool with the Lost Girls, the Lost Girls, but it never happened, and then they made those stupid, you know, terrible, terrible sequels, you know? It's and, terrible. And it's cool that they had the original cast come in and pop up, but still, it's just, it sucks, so... All in all, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never seen The Lost Boys, you know, check it out. It's a great, you know, I know you you know, you know, have a bad taste in your mouth with Joe Schumacher, but this is one of his good ones. You know, Joe Schumacher did a great film, you know. Uh, all in all, it's an awesome movie. Yeah. It's 1987, you know. Uh, it was a budget of $8.5 million at the time, but it made $32 million in the theaters, considered a hit. Uh, this was also the movie uh, set that introduced the drugs to the Corys, more so Corey Haim. Because in, in a, uh, the Hollywood true, true Story about his life, this was before he died, he was he had talked about that. Um, that's how he was going to introduce the drugs, was on this set. Because after when they weren't filming, they were all doing drugs. And he was saying, like, you know, Keith or Sutherland and all that. And he himself did some drugs. And that's where, you know, he got addicted. And he ended up dying of a drug overdose. But... All in all, uh, great movie. Check it out. Uh, the soundtrack is uh, it's a it's a great one for its time. Um, you know, the soundtrack fe- features In Excess. You know, Lou Graham. You know, there's actually a song with uh, uh, Roger Daltrey. You know, from the Who. Echo and the Bunny Man. We already mentioned them. Uh, Tim Capoello. Uh, that's the guy. That, I still believe. <laughs> Forty days, not my way. Well, but the the greatest uh, this is gonna be my song of the week, ladies and gentlemen, because I love 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 this song, and I bought the soundtrack specifically for this song years ago, and I listened to it. And this is one of my favorite songs that come out of a soundtrack from a film, not even an '80s film, but just a film. Aside from the Chick Monk Adventure, and it's "Cried Little Sister." You guys know that song, uh, especially with the little girls. You know, I remember originally I had planned to have, um, like, Renata, like, sing that part, you know, on the show. We're like, oh, we should do that. But instead, Max will do the little girl part. <laughs> shall not uh, I-, I love this song. It's such, like, if you're, like, you know, like, if you're in the, like, if you're goth, basically, like, because it was kind of that, you know, just dark, new wave, dark wave, all that stuff, like, you know, if you're one of those, like, if you were to go to, I don't know, in my area, we would go to, like, a club called Perversion, like, an industrial goth club, you would dig this song, you know, and it sounds like a lot of people assumed it was Sisters of Mercy or, or Bauhaus, but no, it was Gerard McMahon, uh, Tom G. Mack, I think that's what he was, uh, G. Tom Mack, you know, that's what he went out with a band, um, and the movie, or the song's in, like, the movie 8,000 times, <laughs> but, it, but it, for me, I never get tired of it, because it's in the beginning, it's in the right in the beginning for a little bit when he drinks the blood. Then when yeah when when they're all like woo partying all up, <laughs> partying all all up when, and everything. Uh, when Michael and Star you know making the love you know the the, the sexy time you know then they're doing that and that's when why I, did you go after me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's only unnecessary. <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> Because the I don't know. Why am I turning Italian there for some reason too? <laughs> move on. We need to move on. <laughs> so yeah, because that's when it goes in, and then as we go, last fire will rise. B. I love that song, dude. I just you know I, I remember I'll be in the car. Blind boys don't lie, and then he goes. 
I, I, I wish I, I, if I had a band, I would cover this song, dude. <laughs> I seriously would, dude. But as the the sexy sax man. Oh, dude, yeah, that's what I would do. Cause that was always my goal. That if I were to like, be the sexy sax man, hell yeah. <laughs> Well, that too, but um, if I had a band, like, and we would perform, I would always dress up like characters from movies. And, yeah. and there was one time I'm like, dude, I would dress up like the sexy sax band one day. Like, you know, I know there's, like, 80s tribute bands that, like, do that. They dress up like 80s characters. But I would always do that, and the sexy sax What's band What's that dude's been... name, like, credited as? Like, um, let's see. Like, what is, does it just say, like, sexy? Tim, no, Tim Capoello. That's his name in the movie? Yeah, also credited as Tim Capo. I don't know. He's a multi-instrumentalist, composer, and vocalist. He is primarily known as saxophone work surrounding Tina Turner in the 1980s and 90s, as well as his musical performance in the 1987 vampire film The Lost Boys. Uh, he is notable for his muscular physique, his <laughs> sexual provocative moments during his performances, and his tendency to perform shirtless with skin oiled with his hair in a ponytail. <laughs> Damn, man. Look at this guy. You should put that on his business card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. In popular culture, actor John Hamm portrayed a ponytailed shirtless saxophonist named Sergio in an SNL digital short titled The Curse, which aired on Saturday Night Live. So I guess is uh, in the skit, Andy Samberg's character is cursed by Sergio, who appears out of nowhere playing the saxophone and inappropriate times. And it's re- it was very reminiscent of, of Capallo's performances in the film The Lost Boys. So look that up. Um, oh, that's funny. And in the video, oh look uh, of the w- one of the living from the the soundtrack of Mad Max Beyond. The, so look at that video. So yeah, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So. Uh, my song that I'm going to give you guys, uh, once again, is from the soundtrack of The Lost Boys. The song is Cry Little Sister. Uh, it's the, the, the single song by Gerard McMahon, you know, slash G. Tom Mack is the actual band. Uh, it's 1987. It's, the genre is very goth rock, dark wave. So that's why I said it's, it's such a goth-like kind of dark song, you know. Uh, it's, it's a good song. But the best, the best part is the little kids, because it's... it's Thou shall not fall. And then it goes. And then at the end, that's when he dies. Remember, it's all. Thou shall not fly. And then it goes. And then he's like, he's like kind of moving back and forth. And then that's the last one. Is Where are the little girls singing? I don't know. They never feature <laughs> But I like the guy's voice. Very like God. Like, you know, it's all, it's, it's the sound of like the, the, dude, we should, we should make an album and just have you sing all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as they get into the chipmunk. But you can't sing them like Sanch. You have to sing them like, 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 no, like them. So it's your oh, imitation okay. of the singers. Oh, dude, we should. We should do the, the, the 88 cover track. Like, we should, we need a band. What should we be called? Shirtless saxophone? Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Down shall not f- All right, cool. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's another uh, episode. Um, it's uh, It was fun. We, we're going to have a contest coming up in December. We're going to have an awesome... Uh, uh, you know, check in, keep an eye on our Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, where we're going to post it. Um, Max is going to come up with an awesome contest. We're also going to give you some a, a very cool um, art piece specifically drawn for 88 Miles Per Hour podcast. It's, um, it was done by, it's the art of Jay 
Slay? Slate? Oh, come on, man. I butcher everybody's name. People know this already about me. It's it's Sail, but with the C before E and after L. <laughs> Slace? I apologize, Let's sir. See. But, um... Yeah, because we... Yeah, so so he was having artwork, but he also did commission work. Like, he was like, oh, you whatever you want me to draw. So we said, you know what? Oh, dude, draws Pee Wee Herman. So it's an awesome... No, no, no. He, I asked him, well, who is your favorite 80s icon? Oh, he yeah, said he said Pee Wee Herman. Herman. who he's never actually been able to draw before, and he always wanted to. Yeah, and then he finally did it. And and it's cool. So so we'll That's be giving that... That's what we're all about. We're about making dreams come true. Yes. This and you'll podcast. get a Shredder pop figure from the 1980s cartoon show of... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But we'll be having a contest come December. It'll be an awesome contest, so we'll be posting that soon. So, so yay. Um, so, there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Any final words, Max? So, I get to pick the next film we're watching? Or yeah, it's your turn. Review? You ready want to reveal it? Yeah. All right, go ready? for it. The 1988 classic, Willow. Oh, dude! <laughs> Woo! Willow. I, I haven't told Sanchez. I'm Willow. So is, yeah. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Dude, Willow. Oh, I love that movie. All right. So for the longest time, I thought, I thought that was John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Awesome. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You know, me and Max had a great time at Santa Carla, you know, on the merry-go-round and the Ferris wheels. But it's time <clears throat> we leave the murder capital of the world, get into the DeLorean, and travel back to the future.
This has been a Brothers Bear Network production.